God had a plan. He always does, doesn't he? God had a plan to bless the people. That's what he wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. He does. God made his plan crystal clear to the people. He's made it very clear to you. The role of the people was simply to put into practice or obey the clearly articulated plan of God, not complicated. Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. And I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I'm going to attempt to uh, conclude or to share with you the back half of a teaching we began last week. It's titled, How to Bring the Walls Down. Maybe not as radical as you think, but as indicated at the outset of the program, this has, uh, is concerned with God's plan for your life. Now, what do you know about God's plan for your life? Perhaps you may be listening to us for the first time or you're new to new life and you're thinking, you know, I don't know about this uh, God's plan thing as far as my life is concerned. My life is all messed up and I'm not seeing God's plan in any of it. Well, the first step in God's plan is you coming to Him and establishing a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is all about. Jesus went to the cross, and He died on that cross. He did that for you. Again, maybe you're thinking, who, me? Pastor, you don't even know me. I don't have to know you. Jesus died for whosoever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Jesus, so that whoever would believe in Him or accept Him can have eternal life and begin to live out God's plan for you. Not only in eternity, after you're dead and gone, as the old saying goes, but right now in the present, stinking now and now. How do we come to God? Hey, let me just share this with you real brief. I believe there are four things that's necessary based on my understanding of the Bible, four steps that we need to take in order to establish a relationship with God through Jesus. And the first one is confession, confessing our sins, just admitting to God that we have sinned, that we have come against His way of doing things. The second step is repentance, turning away from a lifestyle of sin and turning toward God's lifestyle of holiness, repentance. It's being sorry for your sin, but sorry enough to quit, as the old saying goes. Now, you can't do that in and of your own power, but you can do that with the help of Holy Spirit, which is given to live in us when we confess our sins and repent of our sins, and the third steps, open up our heart's door and invite Jesus to come in. Literally, open up our heart's door and ask Jesus to come in to forgive us of our sins, to wash all that away, and to reside inside. Step number four is just basically believing. Now, there may be some that would disagree with the order of these steps, 
the order isn't all that important. In particular here, I trust that believing overshadows all of this. But obviously, God isn't going to do a work in your life if you do not believe Him for it. It's all based on faith. Let me do it one more time. Confess, repent, be, uh, receive, and believe, or believe and receive that work which God has promised us through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you've never prayed a prayer like this, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. I open up my heart's door and I invite you to come in. I would encourage you to do that right now. In fact, let me pray for you before we read our scripture and really get into the teaching for this particular session. Father, I thank you for each one listening in to this telecast, and I pray specifically for those that have never connected with you. I pray that right now, by your word, they would confess their sins, repent of their sins, turn away from that lifestyle of sin, open up their heart's door and invite you in and receive you as their Savior, the Lord of their life. I pray that you would do that work in their life right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, beloved, I trust if you prayed that prayer that you will share with someone that you have. Let them know that you have and let them know that God has done this work in your life and you've established a relationship with Him and you're going forward with that, that would be my best counsel to you. Well, didn't necessarily mean to go that route, but I believe the Lord had a plan for this program, and uh, so we've shared that with you. I want to read uh, one verse in your hearing as we get into the message proper uh, tonight. It's found in Hosea chapter 4, in verse number 6, and the record puts it this way. I will destroy my people because they are ignorant. He continues on. You have refused to learn, so I will refuse to let you be my priest. You have forgotten the teachings of your God, so I will forget your children. I trust the Lord would add His blessings to His eternal Word, and bless this message as you listen right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. in the gut. Can't you imagine that for four days? Here come that bunch of that foreign religion again. Come here, you gotta see this. Look at these fools as they stood upon the mighty fortress walls of Jericho. And I have to imagine that some of the troops, the priests of Israel, may have begun, may have begun to feel a tad awkward at this point. Really? Man, we blow these trumpets four days. We've got two more days to go. But if they did feel awkward, the record doesn't tell us that. I'm just reading between the lines a little bit. Fifth day comes. Sixth day comes. Then Joshua rallies the troops and he encourages them put, uh, with some tremendous good news that they're going to they're going to have to do something even more ridiculous. Okay, men, tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow, the seventh day. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're not going to march around once or twice or three times, but as my grandsons would say, seven times we're going to march around. 
one more time than the sum total of the previous days. Now, someone did the math. It's one of these theologians that has an incredible amount of time, but someone did the math from information gleaned by excavations of the ruins and determined it was about slightly over a mile around Jericho. One mile parade for six days. Pretty long ways, isn't it? But it's doable. Takes about an hour. Takes me about 16 minutes. It's doable. But with the ark on day seven, they had to march around seven times. Seven miles. Perhaps seven hours. Perhaps a break in between. Suffice it to say, this was an all-day event. Said that to say this, listen to me, church. God does not impose too difficult tasks on people. How many of you know seven miles is a long way? It is. But is it doable in a day? Certainly it's doable, especially when you're energized by God's call. God told us to do this. Whoo, boy, my feet, my bunions are killing me up in here, but God... God told us to do this. The trumpet's blasting. Had to be exciting. Finally, the order comes from above. And Joshua gives the priest the wink. Or the high sign. I don't know what, the, what it was. But anyways, there's this long blast on the ram's horn. And that was a signal for everyone to holler. Let's try that. You ready? Da, 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 da. Welcome to new life. That man's crazy as a bed bug. Yes, he is. The sign for them all to holler, and holler they did. And guess what? Fill in number seven with me on your study notes. Because they, don't you put hollered in that blank, but because they obeyed God's instructions, God showed up and God showed out. It's the quietest bunch of people going to heaven I believe I ever did here in my entire life. God showed up and showed out. And by some means, I don't know how. In fact, I don't think anybody knows how. But by some means, at that point, God crumbled the walls of the fortress so as to allow the parade to move on to the inside. Not the outside, but the inside. And beloved Jericho was conquered. Listen to verse 16 of chapter 6. The seventh time around, which time, church? When the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, look at this, for the Lord has given you the city. Not the trumpets, not the shouting, but the Lord has given you the city. Why? Because they were obedient. Now watch this. I'm trying to help some of you. It's, this is one of those times where I, I wish as a pastor I was just sitting across the kitchen table from you maybe and I could take your face in my hands and say listen that which the world stands upon to ridicule God's people you know what I'm talking about don't you that which the world stands upon to ridicule God's people will be the very thing that crumbles 
underneath them, beneath them, leaving them in a heap of humiliation and destruction. That prompts me to ask you this, new life. Are you standing on the walls of the world? Just waiting for it to crumble and collapse? You know, I can sort of understand unchurched, uneducated, biblically ignorant people standing on the walls of the world. But I can't understand people that know the Word of God and people that hear it preached all the time and people that know God is in charge and people that know that these things are going to happen. I don't understand them just standing on the the walls of the world waiting on knowing they're going to crumble. As Francis Mitchum would say, what the world? Why did God include this in the record? Romans 15 and 4 tells us. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. For whatever was written in earlier times, Joshua 6, was written for our instruction. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. Does that apply to this passage? Oh, indeed it does. Here's my point. I'm I'm beginning my closing. God had a plan. He always does, doesn't he? God had a plan to bless the people. That's what he wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. He does. God made his plan crystal clear to the people. He's made it very clear to you. The role of the people was simply to put into practice or obey the clearly articulated plan of God. Not complicated. Last thing on your study notes. The success of the plan wasn't determined by the power of the people. I'm more spiritual than you. Look at me. God can do this. I can do that. Well, God's going to do a big thing through me. Big, 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 big. You know, it's amazing how you never hear anybody say God's going to do some small thing through me. You know, some small consistent thing every day. But it wasn't the power of the people, but rather it was the people's obedience. Somebody say obedience. It was the people's obedience. That was the catalyst that unleashed God's power to bring about God's purpose. One of my literary mentors, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, has been in heaven for years now, but he still mentors me. He says this, a great problem that many believers have today is that they are trying to, as the old version puts it, fit the battle of Jericho. Joshua, fit the battle of Jericho. Remember that? In other words, fight the battle of Jericho and overcome the world. But you and I need to start taking orders from the captain up yonder, the captain of our salvation. And I'll point you back to where it all started with Joshua. It was that encounter of that Uh, angelic commander with a sword. That's where it all starts. That's where it needs to start with us. Not what I can do, not what you can do, not what I think, not what you think, but what thus saith the Lord. Paul was recapturing some of this history in the book of Hebrews. He was a Hebrew writing to the Hebrews, therefore we end up with Hebrews. And here's what he says in chapter 11 and verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Did I tell you right? It wasn't the hollering. 
It was by faith that the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. In other words, once obedience to God's plan was enacted. Now, think about this. Now, I'm closing my Bible. What does that mean? Very little. Let me water my tonsils. Hang on. I feel better already. Do y'all want a drink? I didn't want you to think I was stingy or something. Think about this. Think about the logistics of all of this. And watch, there's a subliminal message in what I'm about to tell you. This whole episode around Israel and Jericho, it was not one minute. How much have you prayed this week? Could you say, Pastor Terry, honest to God, I've prayed a minute this week. Sixty whole seconds. Well, it wasn't one minute. It was seven days. That's 10,000 and something minutes. It wasn't one minute, seven days. It was not one lap. How many of us, I can see us doing that. Yeah, new life. We're going to have a Jericho event, the Jericho ministry. We're going to go march somewhere. Uh, one lap. But it wasn't one lap. It was 13 laps. Watch this. It wasn't an active observance. Ooh, look at Jericho. That's a cool looking place. Look at that ark sitting there. Look at those ram's horns laying there. It wasn't inactive observance, but rather they had skin in the game. They had skin in the game. Now, here's what I felt impressed to impress upon you this morning. New Life Community Church in particular, and if there's any marginal people out there online, well, I trust the word of God would speak to your heart. But listen, God has promised you some things. Say, pointing at me, Ethel. Yep. God has promised you some things. In particular, I don't know who this is. I've done a lot of soul searching this week, but there's one of you. I kept hearing one of you. God has promised one of you or called one of you to some plan for your life. And you know it. And, and maybe you might have even made one lap toward preparation of or, or in the process of this plan. Maybe you even made two laps. Perhaps you even made three laps. And then you stopped. You stopped. God has said for you, blow the trumpets. Blow the horn. Or something else in your life that just does not make sense. And you're like, God, that church thing, that was cool. Because they had padded seats and heat and air. And lights and a band and stuff, drums. They're really a cool church. All the cool churches have drums. It's not true. God, I'd rather, I'd rather not. Because that's embarrassing. What are those people up on the walls going to think? It's embarrassing. God, 
can I just whisper this? Better yet, can I just think it? Do I really have to praise the Lord? Can I just think it? Do I really have to do what you've asked me to do? Can I just think it? Lord, do I really have to destroy this thing? The world? Do I have to destroy it? Can I just put a bow on it and get it out and play with it a few minutes every now and then? God, won't you be happy with me when I do that? For someone, God has even knocked the walls down. And you know God knocked those walls down. I hear it all the time from people. God, we prayed. God moved. This happened. God knocked the walls down for you. And you're like, I ain't going up in there. One of them Jericonians might take me out. Is this making sense to anybody? Now, beloved... This entire scene is given to us in Joshua chapter 6. And this is very, very important. It wasn't a one-person show. Now, we know about Joshua. We don't know the priest's names. We don't know the soldiers' names. We don't know any of that. Certainly don't know the names of any of the Jericonians. It was not a one-person show. It was an army and there, it was spiritual. There were priests involved. It was a team. Watch this. God's plan is God's plan for an individual. How many individuals do we have here this morning? Come on, let me do it one more time. Some of you, you really have to process this. How many individuals do we have here this morning? Yeah, a few more of you are getting it. What, what's he talking about? Explain it to them when they get home, those non-hand raisers. I know they're afraid that the Holy Ghost will hit them when their hand goes up. <laughs> he might hit you if you don't. God's plan for the individual always involves a team. God's plan for the individual always involves a body. The church. Pastor Terry, where did you get that from? This is going to sound like a smart aleck, but I've been reading this. I don't just own one. So when the preacher comes over, he'll see it on the end table and think, I've been reading it. <laughs> God's plan for the individual always involves a team, a body, the church. So whatever it is God has purpose for you to do to be obedient, it's going to involve the church some way, form, or fashion. Are you with me? Zach, I'm going to ask you if you would to come up and strum the old guitar a little bit. And I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, please. And we're going to pray. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to this message then I might pray again, and we'll go to Clarence's. Pray with me. Question. Ask yourself, does God have a plan for me? Will you answer to yourself, yes, he does. He does. Am I living in obedience to that plan? Check it out, church. That plan probably will look as formidable as you're going up against a big old city, fortified city, looks impenetrable. 
like you can't penetrate. A part of the plan you may already know is required of you to do some things that feel awkward and uncomfortable and so not you. There's a reason for that because it's not about you. It's about God bringing glory and honor to himself through his creation. You, I trust. Hey, for that one that made two or three laps and stopped, this would be a great time for you to say, Lord, I stopped. I started once. I can start again. And you can pick up right there. Listen to me, church. When God has a plan and you stop and you back up and say, okay, God, here's plan B. Let me know how that works out for you. God has a plan. We need to follow his plan, not our version of his plan. Be emboldened and be encouraged to pick up God's plan and continue to live in obedience to that plan. If there's anyone here who's never been born again, never been spirit-filled, and you know it, you've never confessed your sins, repented of your sins, you do not have the assurance of a home in heaven with God Almighty. I want to give you a chance to take that before the Lord this morning and get things right with God. Lord, speak to hearts right now, I pray in Jesus' name. I trust that men and women and boys and girls would hear from you and act accordingly. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. What a great teaching. What a great word. And I want to just remind you that God does have a plan for your life. Whoever you are, God has a plan for your life. My question to you is, have you found that plan? And we talked at the outset of the message and the introduction about how to connect with Christ. And I would encourage you to pray that prayer of confession and repentance and be connected to the forever family of God and discover God's plan for you. Now listen, a huge part of God's plan for you is the church. And I'm not just talking about an organization. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Find a church which claims to be and is showing evidence of being the body of Christ and connect with it. It's very important once you make a decision for Christ to become a part of the forever family of God. Now let me just tell you, every building that has a sign on the front that says C-H-U-R-C-H isn't necessarily the body of Christ. Seek it out. Ask the difficult questions and get the good answers. New Life, I believe, is giving a balanced teaching of the Word of God. And we meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We'd encourage you to come out and connect with us. We also have midweek uh, activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And then trust me, there's so much going on around here, I can never tell you about all of it. But once you're here, we would be glad to enlighten you about the various ministry opportunities and the opportunities that people have to be instructed in the Word of God so that they might go forth and serve. Oh, so you're one of those kind of churches. Yes, we are. The Bible teaches serving and serving others, and that's what we pursue here, and that's what we encourage, because I believe this with all of my heart. When you're serving God, that's when you're going to be 
the happy or the most fulfilled in your life. Now, God hasn't called us to be happy. He's called us to be holy. But when we're seeking His holiness, there's an inner satisfaction and a peace that comes from that that is unparalleled by anything this present world has to offer. Well, I'm going to have to get out of here. I'm Terry Knight, and I'm the pastor here at New Life Community Church. Thanks for listening in. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?